Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host, and I am not joined by my co-host, Giant Skyhawk. He is busy tonight. He has a weird work schedule this week. So for sure today, maybe on Friday's episode, we'll see. Uh, but for sure today, we have a wonderful guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself, Mr. Trish? Do I have to? No, I have mean, <laughs> all spiel. I'm, I can keep I'm, going. But, I'm, I'm me. I'm Mike. I'm Mr. Tuvalu Trishula Television Man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, do you want to tell people a little bit about who you are and where they can find you and your content first things first? Well, if uh, you try to find me, please don't. Um, but if you have to find me, I'm usually live on Twitch every day for... The entire day so if you need something to watch while you're at work i'm probably live um when he says he's usually live he like seriously he means it he is like always live <laughs> i i i i have no friends so uh twitch chat is my friends so say hi twitch chat they're, they're sure i'm actually his first friend it's crazy i i know it's really crazy i i didn't know that like interacting with other humans was like a thing that people did I thought everybody just kind of, like, stayed in their apartment all the time and just never left. And then you went to Nationals, and you were like, whoa, there's all these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's all these people. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. There's people and human interaction. I don't like that. Yeah, that's 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 fair. <laughs> that's fair. 
Well, I'm going to go ahead and do a few shout-outs real quick. So, of course, I want to shout-out all of our patrons. We'll do the name patron read at the end of the episode. Uh, also, a huge shout-out to my locals, ETB Games and Steel Fox Games. Uh, they have regular case tournaments at both stores, and you can go there to check out all the singles and steel products, and they have TCG player links for both of those down below. Of course, we also want to thank Dragon Shield and uh, Gem Accessories, TCG Player, and Tears of Games. We have affiliate links for all those. Some of them are discount codes. All of that's in the description. And, of course, we want to recommend you check out our Teespring store, as well as we uh, have an Apple and Spotify uh, ratings on the Apple and Spotify podcasts area, as well as uh, be sure to join our Discord and follow us on Twitter. Now, with that said, uh, Mr. Trish, I do want to ask you to pretty, pretty please... Uh, I know you mentioned all day, every day on Twitch, but I, I really would love to hear you talk about uh, your wonderful Twitter, too. <laughs> uh, what, what your would you Discord like server? Anything? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I have a Discord server. I mean, you can find that by using the exclamation code in my <laughs> in my Twitch. Of course, um, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I guess I exist on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at TrishalaTTV. Gotcha. Absolutely. Well, I am certainly happy to have you here on the show. Uh, I will say, I real I really want to ask, who exactly? You don't have to tell me. Who did you bribe at Konami when they were making <laughs> your profile picture? Because they 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 put in some work on that profile picture. Um, I don't know. I think they got me confused with Leonardo DiCaprio um, because okay. my my profile picture does not look like me. <laughs> it looks it does not look like me. Um, but uh, I got that when um, I played in a remote duel invitational um, back during COVID. Uh, so that would be a couple years now. Um, yeah. I got top four at that event. Um, so that was pretty fun. Um, was able to bring home a prize card from that tournament so that was Yo, pretty nice sick. pretty pretty nice um but the the real cool prize is that they gave everybody the uh the profile picture um and i've just been rocking out with that ever since i mean the profile picture is more exclusive than the prize card i yeah kind of <laughs> kind of um so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a cool thing to have, um, you know, uh, for sure. Happy to have it. So I do want to go ahead and get on into you, your content and your thoughts about not just the content that you do, but the things you do outside of the content. So sure. but starting with you, I would like to hear a ton as much as possible about you. What like what qualifies you? in a lot of ways such as like things about your your history in the game how you got started your origin story as well as how you evolved from your origins to where you are now oh man um i mean i've been playing it's a this big game. it's a big question <laughs> I, I know <laughs> i mean i've been playing this game my whole life you know um i i I started back when I was like in elementary school, um, pretty much in goat control format. And even before then, in um, like Don Zalug hand loop format, um, there, there used to be tournaments for people who are unaware, uh, every Sunday at Toys R Us, um, they would have like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So every Sunday at Toys R Us, um, there would be like Yu-Gi-Oh tournament days or whatever. 
Um, and this was like really early on in Yu-Gi-Oh's history, like literally pre-GOAT control format. Um, wow. Okay. See, I I remember getting Yu-Gi-Oh cards at that time, but I was too young to understand the the concept of like tournaments and things like that. Oh, I was definitely too young, but, um, you know, I went into Toys R Us, just a pure happenstance on a Sunday with my father to go buy packs of Yu-Gi-Oh cards because that was the only place I knew where to get Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Um, and we just so happened to stumble into the tournament they were having. And, um, so every Sunday then my dad would take me to these little tournaments and, you know, I, I didn't even understand it was a tournament. Um, I would just show up with, like, a rubber-banded pile of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and then I would, like, yeah. walk away, and my cards would get stolen, and I would cry, and then I'd come back next week because I just wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and that that was kind of my intro to Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and when that stopped, when those tournaments stopped, we were there for probably the last one that they ever had there at that Toys R Us and they told somebody who went there every week said, you know, you know, you come here all the time. There's a card shop right around the corner, like right up the street. Um, and they do tournaments every Sunday as well. So what I guess the meta had been for people who actually played the tournaments is they would go to Toys R Us and play a tournament. And then they would immediately go to a locals straight up the street and play another tournament. Um, right. And so I started doing that for a while and it was more of, you know, I would show up, I would run around, you know, very hyperactively get my card stolen, cry and go home. Um, yeah. and you know, that was my experience with Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time. Um, <laughs> grew out of it for a bit. And then I had some friends in middle school who were really into the game. Um, and for one of them, I think it was their 13th birthday um they wanted to go to a Yu-Gi-Oh locals so we all ended up at that same locals that i used to go to when i was a little kid like seven or eight years later end up going there again you know as a now a young teenager right and then that became my my thing after schools every friday night um i would go there and that was kind of my extracurricular just my way to get out of yeah. the house um and you know just kind of played went to my first nationals i think in like 2015 uh went like oh three drop was very very That's happy with do. my performance yep <laughs> because there was a dinner bet saying whoever was the first person to go oh three drop um had to buy dinner for everybody and i think i went oh two and i was like if i drop at oh two um do i have to when, like do i have to partake in the dinner bet and they're like no you're fine so i dropped an ot and i vended the rest of the tournament um, that's, that's crazy yeah just like trading out of my binder picked up some like old ocg stuff um it's i a know far that. cry from this year's nationals for you huh yeah i mean this year um i mean you come today you know uh making the top cut for nationals with dragon link um kind of almost in a roundabout way where I've been taking a break from the TCG to play master duel on, um, on Twitch. That's kind of what I grind all the time now. Um, mm -hmm. and just kind of going back into the format back to back with the remote duel YCS and the NAWCQ making Huge. top eight and then top 64 at those events. Um, just without playing too much TCG, um, and just sticking with the deck that I, you know, I've been playing religiously for like three and a half years. Mm 
So I think that it is so crucial for people to understand that that path and that progression that I think there's a lot of discussion these days about new players entering the game and new players, you know, how it, the learning curve for somebody getting into the game. And I think it's really important to understand that contrary to other games like maybe Pokemon, Hearthstone, or whatever, right? There are other, and when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh, without a play circle, without people to help intro you into the game, currently the resources just don't exist for people to just pick up and play. So when we talk to these people that top these events, look at you having been playing more or less since O2. Right, and then having played at a competitive enough level to where you've gone to nationals since 2015, there is a long-term progression when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh that I think a lot of people really have a hard time realizing versus these other games. Do you think that the complexity of Yu-Gi-Oh is something that's taking you a long time to grasp, or do you think that it's just at the end of the day, it takes a lot of time to really understand the format and just play test within each individual format. Because for me, that's, I mean, I, I can understand rulings and lines and lines of play, but understanding every individual deck as it comes out for me is a hard bar to clear with as busy as I am as an adult, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's definitely merit in that in conversation, right? Like, a lot of players who, you know, you can see consistently do well. Um, a common thread with a lot of them are that they were Dragon Duel players. Um, any household name that you can think of, for the most part, was a Dragon Duelist at some point. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is that level of, like, you know, you kind of need that, that background, that history to, like, get all these complexities of the game. Because there isn't something like set rotation. There aren't like rotating formats or anything like that. Um, so you have to have this huge base of like knowledge in order to play around stuff optimally a lot of the time. But I think on the flip side, um, something I'm not sure I've seen too many people talk about is that uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! actually has way more resources, I think, than most other card games. Um and I've, I've found this myself when I try to get into other card games um, because I'm going to be partaking in Twitch Rivals uh, this Wednesday for Marvel Yo. Snap. Um, That's yeah, tomorrow, so. Wednesday, August 23rd. Everybody tune in. Absolutely. It, is that tomorrow? I thought today was Monday. Two days from now. Two okay, days from well, now. We, we, the, the podcast oh, episode oh. comes out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Uh, uh, Pre-recorded yeah, tomorrow, 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 tar, tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to be in that uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, and something I've noticed is it's kind of hard for me to find resources for the game um as like a new player because you know just the guides the amount of content isn't there same thing because i played hearthstone for my university's esports team at one point and um it took me a little while to get into the game mm -hmm. um same thing with stuff like pokemon uh the pokemon tcg doesn't have as many resources i feel as Yu-Gi-Oh does um or even something like vgc which isn't a card game but is similar um you know, so some of these other games just don't have the amount of, you know, strategic content creation going around for it. Um, and I've kind of found ways to, like, appreciate the Yu-Gi-Oh! community. Um, 
that I didn't really think about in previous years when I've started branching out into some of these other games. Um, mm -hmm. Because, for example, like with Pokemon, if you want to like learn stuff, you have to go through all of these like buried Discord servers. Uh, True. And it's like, I would never know if I was not part of the community that I needed to like go to this Discord server, find a link, talk to some people who will then send me a link to another Discord server that then, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or, or like the One Piece card game, for example, as well as something that I'm learning. Um, there is a simulator for the game, so you can test, but to get it, you have to be a part of a Discord server. Uh, Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. So, so the only reason I know that is because I was sent the link to that Discord server by somebody from the Yu-Gi-Oh! community. So if I didn't have the Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. community as a, you know, a background for me, I would have no idea that I could practice One Piece without knowing people, you know, IRL. Um, yeah. So one of the things I'm really grateful for in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community is just how much visibility there is and how sometimes easy it can be where you can just go to YouTube and just search the name of a deck and you'll find like 50 videos on how to play it. This is something that I saw Jeff Jones talking about on Twitter as well, because he said that he was trying to get a little bit, learn a little bit more about the actual in-depth competitive scene of the Pokemon TCG and that it was just impossible. Even in Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, yes, you can find deck profiles, but you can also find these really in-depth two hour long combo guides and super in-depth every card in the deck profile is broken down extremely card by card on what you know i play one of this exact card it's a you know i play for this exact scenario and this exact combo line it comes up here you know and you get these mm -hmm. like two hour long comp tutorials on these pet decks right much less the actual competitive ones right so and then when you go over to pokemon there's maybe like one channel in all of pokemon and it's a really yep. small like micro niche guy that does any kind of explanation and deck profiles so it's really interesting to me to see the duality there and a, a lot of it could just be that at the end of the day pokemon is so much more uh, casual in a lot of ways than Yu-Gi-Oh is. And Yu-Gi-Oh has its casual audience, don't get me wrong, but even the most casual guy at your locals is like doing a full Adam Emancipator combo on you. It's like, Ugh, what's going on? No, so. it's really it's really funny you say that because um, uh, I went to NAIC, which is the um, national championship for Pokemon. And while I was there, um, I bumped into Andreas Torres, who is mm -hmm. a prominent Yu-Gi-Oh player. Um, right. And we got to talking and he started telling me exactly that, you know, that he has seen in the Pokemon community um, for at least for the TCG, you know, somebody will make a misplay in the finals, like grand finals of a major tournament, like the equivalent of our yeah. YCSs. And their opponent will be like, oh, that's a misplay here. If you do this, this and this, you'll be in a better position. And then the opponent then loses because they allowed their opponent to take back a play, told them a better line of play, and then let them make that play in grand finals. That's insane. Yeah. I, I don't know how true that is, but that was the story that, you know, he told me, um, you know, so 
you know, maybe I misunderstood, wow. but that, you know, I think there's definitely some veracity to that, that it can just be more of a casual audience. And I think Yu-Gi-Oh, where, where I think Yu-Gi-Oh does something really, really cool is that because of how complex it's gotten, it has become kind of this hyper competitive, like bubble yeah. to where it breeds, you know, like it breeds players who want, yeah, it breeds players who want to be good. It breeds a lot of resources. And I think it really comes down to your own willingness and motivation to learn rather than um, anything else. Because, you know, while some of the players, you know, who right now are, you know, have been playing for forever, um, I think about other players uh, like Enzo, for example. Um, I believe he just turned 18 and he's already gone to the world championship as a yeah. um as an adult uh as an na representative so think about this uh Yu-Gi-Oh is older than he is <laughs> exactly you know so we're still finding players who are super super good at the game uh who are young and you know i think about ryan too like ryan you um last year we didn't have an nawcq we had a kind of like the championship where it was like the nawcq but you just didn't get, get to go to worlds that year i believe ryan was also 18 um you know first year that he could have potentially qualified for the world championship and he got second place and then you know again at the nawcq this past year he got 32nd and these are young yeah. players. So I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh! is necessarily in danger of, you know, being a game where you have to have been playing for like 10 plus years to know how to play it. Um, because, you know, younger people are still doing exceptionally well and beating out some of the players that have been playing their whole life. Absolutely. So do you think that Master Duel provides a good enough introduction into the game for the ones that are entering? <laughs> Um, that's hard for me to say because, you know, I play Master Duel every day. Um, uh, yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, last year you were like top three most hour streamed on Master Duel in the world. I think I was number one, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was number one uh, for that, <laughs> uh, at least in watch hours. Um, it would not surprise me. Yeah. So I, I play a lot of Master Duel. I think my part of my issue with the conversion and i think this is something that's been talked about is that whenever you have a simulator an automatic simulator that is handling all of the intricate interactions for you it can lead to confusion if you go back to the paper card game because sure. um you know and this has happened to me too where um you know sometimes the interactions are different in master duel um you know it uses the ocg rule base for the most part sometimes there's bugs sometimes and sometimes there's ruling disputes so one that i can think of for example was uh in master duel if you activate magnumut and you target a card in the graveyard and chain link two is goes and match um and say the only monster i control is lubellion so a light you know a different attribute so chain link right. one magnuma, chain link two goes and match. Um, in Master Duel, the magnuma banishes the target, the magnuma stays in the hand. Um, but the okay. same interaction came up for me at the NAWCQ, and it was ruled that the target gets banished and magnuma goes from my hand to the graveyard. Or, well, goes 
to the field and then sent to the graveyard uh, because ghost yeah. match is applied. Um, and these type of ruling, you know, quirks, you know, I'm to this day now, I'm not sure exactly how it's supposed to work because it works one way in master duel and one way in the paper card game. Um, assuming that that ruling was correct as given by the head judge and the assistant head judge slash the floor judge. Um, you know, I've talked to other judges and they've agreed with those rulings. So assuming that that ruling is correct, you know, there's a clear discrepancy there between the two, right. Um, the two platforms and it can sometimes be hard for, especially I'm for sorry. Can you, Oh yeah, yeah. Can you, can you say again what the ruling was in paper play? I'm going to be honest. I was distracted by chat. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, the, the ruling was that Magnumut, um, so like I have a light monster on the field. Right, right. Yeah, I, I heard what the ruling was in Master Duel, which is the way right. that it made so, sense in oh, my so head. So in the, in, the, in the paper card game, the Magnumut um, activates, it banishes the card, and then it goes to the graveyard from my hand. It doesn't stay in my what? hand. It goes to the graveyard. Huh? I, that was the ruling that I was given, um, and I've had multiple judges confirm that that, as far as they know, is the correct ruling. So... You know, I don't know if I'm being told wrong information, but that was how it was ruled. And I've had multiple judges confirm that that is how it should be ruled. So sometimes there are, you know, differences. Um, wow, because that makes no sense to me. Yeah. So the ruling, as it was explained to me, is that Gozen doesn't technically prevent the Magnumut from summoning itself, even though in my mind it definitely should prevent it. Um, mm -hmm. but tech, so technically it summons, but then due to the goes and restriction, I was already controlling a light. So I have to get rid of the now dark on my field. Um, that was the ruling huh. as it was explained to me. Um, I would think that it would try to resolve as much as possible and banish and then stay in hand. Right. So, so what they're saying is that because it tries to resolve as much wow. as possible, it still summons itself but then just goes to the graveyard. So I now, you know, even me, an experienced player um, who thought it worked one way, similar to how I've, you know, always thought it would work and then how I saw it work on Master Duel, you know, even I have had, you know, incidents where it's like, okay, now I'm not really sure how this card works anymore. I thought I knew, now I don't. Um, right. So I, I definitely feel that frustration for newer players because something I've heard a lot is that when Master Duel came out, a lot of locals had a lot of new players. People were like, oh, yeah, I play Master Duel. I love the game. I wanted to get in the paper card game. But they, a lot of those players end up quitting because they find it difficult to keep up with all the rulings. Um, right. And I, I don't really know, you know a good solution to that in my mind. Because you do need to know how cards work. You do need to know these interactions. You know, this is, in my mind, the thing that really ultimately differentiates, like, less good players from better players. Um, right. Is just how well do you know the game mechanics? Um, and some of that can be boiled down to reading the cards, and some of it just comes down to experience. So... You know, I'm not really sure if there is a good solution to that. Um, but I think, you know, anybody who's invested enough in the game and wants to know about it and wants to play and get better, you know, they're going to seek out that knowledge. 
Right. I think my first step, if I was all of a sudden made CEO of Konami, would be <laughs> to... I think that there needs to be a pretty clear, very, very, very in-depth tutorial available through Master Duel, not just for, you know, how to normal summon, how to tribute summon, things like that. I think that there needs to be a... When you enter the game for the first time, when you enter the platform, there should be a, a question when you first make your account that says, how experienced are you in the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game? Are you... I've never played, you know, are you new, but, or, you know, like a beginner, are you an expert, you know, kind of three or four different levels. And then depending on what their answer is, they get a different experience, right? If they're an expert, they have the option to skip the tutorial entirely and jump straight into the game. Or if they're maybe newer, they have to complete the tutorial up to, you know, X amount. Or if they have never played before at all, they have to you know, do the tutorial up to, you know, maybe a little bit farther, but have that tutorial always there completable up to a certain point. That way you can always have a certain baseline of, you can always go here and get this tutorial and, you know, let it, I mean, let it be like, like ridiculously in depth, you know, let it, let it get into, I mean, just the very basics of chain links all the way down to trigger rules. And I mean, everything i mean even get get into individual rulings if you need to right set up set up very specific scenarios just to learn and understand how these things work make it like you know an 80 to 100 different you know mini game scenarios that you can play through to understand the complexity of these different rulings i think if you made that available right don't make it mandatory don't make it to where everyone has to go through this ridiculous tutorial you know, especially somebody who already knows how to play the game and knows what's going on but I think right now that that super in-depth tutorial is not something that exists. And I think it's something that really should. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because they do have that question when you make a new account. This is something I'm very familiar with because I make a lot of new accounts uh, to play <laughs> Master Duel. I think right. I've made over 20 or 30 accounts. To, uh, like, yeah. Just... See, I made the one account when I first started <laughs> the game and I played for a month and I haven't touched it since. Yeah. Like, um, so, you know, I've made a lot of accounts. Um, so they do have those questions and they, you know, they have been working on the tutorial. They did release, um, kind of an update at one point that doubled the length of the tutorial and it has some, you know, really the stuff I was kind of surprised to see there. Like one of the tutorials kind of teaches you that you shouldn't set cards until main phase two, because there are cards that could punish you for it. Um, so they use like, uh, I think it's like Crimson Ninja or something like that as an example, um, yeah. that will like pop a trap card if you attack into it. It's like a flip monster. So it's kind of like trying to teach people the malevolent catastrophe thing where it's like, you don't set cards until main phase two because you can right. use the malevolent catastrophe. Um, but the, the thing that I don't like with the tutorial, um, because it goes more in depth than you might think. Um, is that a lot of the mechanic stuff is their text boxes and you have to read oh, the text yeah. boxes. But if you're a new player to a game, you might get bored reading through the tech box text boxes. You might just see the free gems and want them. Yeah. And you might do what I do when I've created a million accounts and you might just start spam clicking and just getting through them because, you know, I have it down to a science to where, I can build literally any deck in the game between 30 minutes to 90 minutes 
after creating an account. And with the new tutorial, it's wow. towards 30 minutes. Um, you know, it's really, really fast to create a new master duel account, build pretty much any deck that you can imagine in the entire game, and then go straight into ladder and then just start laddering, um, as fast as you want. Um, and you know, there's some exceptions to that, like certain like meta decks, you know, you kind of have to time it to where like cash Tira, you know, is a good example where like all of the, all of the cash Tira cards are in a, like a selection pack right now. So once that selection pack leaves the shop, there might not be a pack where you can get those cards. Um, so like if you tried to do a cash Tira run, you know, and say four months, it might not be possible or right. easy to build that deck. You know, you might have to get a little bit lucky with pulls elsewhere. Um, Counterpoint. Who's going to want to build cash tier in four months? That deck is cringe now. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, it's just one of those things, you know, where you, you're right. You know, it's, it, I think there's, there's a hard balancing point because like they should have an ability to teach people the game um, and like have a really depth, like Konami sanctioned tutorial. Um, but the counterpoint is like, if you do that, who's to say that they're going to actually pay attention? Um, you know, like the resource could be there, but nobody's going to want to sit through, you know, like uh, almost a three hour Yu-Gi-Oh lecture. Like nobody's going to want to yeah. do that if they're new to a game. Um, they're yeah. going to pick something up that's easier. Um, so something that I'm excited for is I think Konami has a new product that's coming out. I don't know if it's already out, um, but it's like a two-player kit, and it's supposed to have... Um, yeah. It's supposed to have two like... Two decks. A, yeah, two decks and like an, a manga that um, kind of like guides you through a duel that is allegedly supposed to teach you everything that you need to know about playing the game. Um, yeah. so I'm really excited to see what they do with that. Cause I think that they have, they, they understand the position that the game's in. Um, and I think they're really trying to find ways to make it more and more accessible to, um, newer audiences. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. I think that when it's coming up in the Konami shareholder meetings, they've got their eyes on it. Absolutely. I mean, like, how can you not? Um, right. But at at the same time, too, though, I think that Yu-Gi-Oh! is kind of in this cool place where that because it is hard, it almost creates a niche for itself among card games. Um, because I feel like, you know, th this sentiment has been passed around for a while. But it's like, if you can be good at Yu-Gi-Oh!, you can be good at every card game that exists. If you are good yes. at another card game, it does not mean you'll be good at Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, right. And in that way, it kind of turns Yu-Gi-Oh! almost into, like, the Tekken of card games in some ways, where it's, like, it's so convoluted and deep and hard that people who are really looking for that challenge and really want to, like, test their own skills, maybe somebody who's an experienced card game player wants something that feels totally alien and foreign to them is something, you know, that's something that they might gravitate to. And I'm not sure if that's a bad thing for Yu-Gi-Oh!, to be perfectly honest. I do think that Yu-Gi-Oh has its own niche and that that niche is something that the players within it love deeply. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I well, mean, I think, 
I think that's a you know a nice a nice sentiment. Yeah, I agree. I like its complexity, even though it makes us all sad and need <laughs> my, need reading glasses. So, <laughs> I have a fork in the road because I think we've got about twenty-ish minutes left, maybe fifteen, and either one of these topics can take up fifteen minutes. So. Okay. I'll let you choose the path that we go down. All right. To, today, as of recording, yesterday, as of posting, there was a new Master Duel ban list. Yes. Now, as Mr. Master Duel, <laughs> we can talk about that. Or, if you'd rather, we could talk about the actual TCG state of things right now, where we're starting to get the regional scene for Duelist Nexus going. We're starting to get some results coming in here and there. And, you know, as we go through, we're getting more and more information about the upcoming format. And potentially we could have a ban list arriving in the TCG fairly soon. So I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Like I said, we can either split and go to TCG or we can stay in Master Duel and talk about the new Master Duel ban list. Up to you. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say let's talk about the Master Duel ban list. I haven't really, like, talked about it with my chat. I think some of them sure. have wanted to. Um, but also, you know, I haven't had as much time to test the TCG as I'd like, so I don't want to say something and then have it be like wildly ignorant. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. You know, so I'll, I'll stick to my comfort zone for right now. Yeah. Now, what I will say is before we get into this, uh, this master duel discussion, because I know now that we're talking about master duel, all, all the chatters are going to be, they're going to, they're going to be looking for the master duel content. Uh, what I need from everybody in chat is uh, uh, drop a prime subscription for Mr. Trishulati TV uh, because, you know, that that nice new apartment, it's not going to pay for itself, right? Like, so drop, drop some primes in chat, <laughs> drop, drop some gifties in chat where all the whales are right uh, you're i know you're out there uh specifically drop one to me because i get i'm getting a lot of ads so anyway uh listen hey if everybody could go ahead and drop some primes drop some gifties you know that oh, would be man. spectacular you know we, we out here so with that said go ahead and give me your thoughts on the master duel band list <laughs> uh well my first thoughts is that my chat are all leeches so they're definitely not going to do that but <laughs> yeah i know aren't uh, they all yeah literally uh, what is what 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 was the 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 streamer who was like you don't have five dollars to watch me or something like that? Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, let's hop into the uh, ban list. I have it pulled up yeah. on my end just to talk about it. Um, so I kind of like this ban list. Um, it it feels like it's moving the game closer to the TCG's like mentality. Uh, yeah, I'm looking hitting... at it for the first time right now. This is sick. Yeah, I mean, like, it's hitting a lot of cards. This is probably one of the biggest ban lists that we've had in a long time. Uh, Do you want to so... talk about the ban list structure in Master Duel? Because we don't ever talk about Master Duel on the podcast. Um, I mean, it's it's the same as, you know, the same as it works in TCG, OCG. It's not like Duel Links where it's like, if a card is at one, you can only play one one of in your deck. Um, but right. well, I'll talk <laughs> more about like the, the timing on these because it's oh, way yeah. more often. Yeah, yeah, we get them about every month, but they typically don't hit cards as severely. So they'll typically hit cards um, around the issues. Um, so they they like to semi limit cards quite a bit. 
um, quite a quite a Gross. bit. You know, like Tear has been hit. I want to say like five times, but in those it was like they banned terraforming. They limited King of the Swamp. They limited foolish burial goods. Like they they started limiting all these cards that were not the like all they had to do was ban Kit Close if they wanted to really hit the deck, but they've done everything else. Like, they mm -hmm. semi-limited all the names. They limited all the Ishizu cards, except Kelbeck. Um, they, you know... They, Kelbeck? Yeah, Kelbeck, they... Um, so, funnily enough, this is uh, kind of a shock for TCG players, but Kelbeck is not actually the better one in OCG and Master Duel, because Master Duel uses OCG hand triggers, so Agito was actually always the better one um, in OCG and in I didn't realize Master Duel used OCG triggers. It does. It does use Cringe. OCG. It uses the OCG rule base. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with how the interaction works, um, if you're playing a Tarolament mirror match or something, and you get into like what we would call like a shuffler war where you know you say mill five cards your opponent mills five cards you do all of your triggers they do all of theirs and then for example the opponent might use um a shuffler like a keldo and target your guys in the graveyard and let's say they target two activating names and like a kelbeck in your grave um or a not a kelbeck that's a bad example um like a keldo like one of your shufflers um, in the TCG, you know, you've already had to put down all of your triggers. So, like, if you had a Kelbeck or an Agito, it had to be on the same chain. In OCG, right. though, you can hold hand triggers until the chain resolves. So, they would be able to use the, um, you know, the Keldo to target my stuff. And then, in response, I could then chain Agito to target my own the keldo that they're targeting and bring it back out so you can intentionally not declare your trigger immediately wait for them to use like a shuffler or something and then in response then choose to use your hand trigger um so because so hand triggers work differently over there um and in master duel um Kelt or agito gets significantly better than it ever was in the tcg um because we always look terrifying at, yeah, we always looked at Agito as kind of like the mediocre one because it's like, well, the hand trigger effect isn't that good because they're just going to shuffle your target anyway. Right. Um, so in OCG Master Duel, it's way better because you let them shuffle first and then you make their shuffler worse and get two bodies. Yeah. Um, so on that note, one of the first bans here is Agito. Agito is now getting banned. <laughs> um, so All because Agito, of some hand triggers. Literally, so Agito is now banned. Rongo is now banned. Bishbulk that is needed now to happen and I, almost two years ago. Yeah, because um, Master Duel also had numerous avail before the TCG did. Um, so I knew about the sales ban numerous avail nonsense um, a long time, you know, before we ever had the card. Thankfully, we never had Rongo when numerous avail came out. But um, you know, it was just so scary because. You know, you could play into Runic, and then they would just Rongo you. Or, like, Flu would Rongo you. And you would just be like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> why am I getting Rongoed? Um, you know, so they're getting rid of Rongo, which is great. Um, Bish Balkan, which I'm sure Coder is happy about, is now gone. Um, Block happy. Dragon, finally gone. Um, I think OCG is the only place that still has Block Dragon now. 
Um, Crazy. And then, it's, I think it's a one-up over there, isn't it? No, I think it's at three. <laughs> I think oh, it's at three. Okay. Maybe they just hit it to one uh, recently, but the last I checked, it was at three. Crazy um, that deck doesn't see play over there. Oh, it does. They they have a whole archetype called Earth Good Stuff over there. It's crazy that it's not just the best deck is what I mean. It was for a little bit, I think, actually. Um, Fair but it, it was it was a short window. Um, and oh, we talk about Master Duel, and all of a sudden, all the Watchers come back. I see how it is. <laughs> uh, but And then Merle, um is now banned in Master Duel. Um, I'm just going to have my editor just put Subway Surfers and Master Duel on in the corners. <laughs> yeah, so so now that Merle is banned, Merle's kind of the interesting ban, um, right? Because... right. Why would you ban Merle? Um, in my mind, it's because it's level two. We still have Elf. Mm -hmm. We still have Sprint. Um, so Merle is pretty good. Um, so, so I actually it, made the case that Merle should have been banned in the TCG. Mm. But then they went the other route and banned Elf instead, which I wasn't expecting. So, But that, this, that was my that. argument, was that Merle should have been the ban instead of Elf in the TCG. Before we got the... Uh, before we got the Ishizu cards and before, uh, you know, that would have allowed Sprite to essentially be at full power and not have the crossover that it had with the tier limit deck, which mm. I think was the danger. Uh, but it doesn't matter because they really wanted tier limit Ishizu to be tier zero. And, they, and it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know how don't I feel about Don't rip Merle in chat. Don't do not do that. No, no, no. <laughs> 07 Merle. Rest in peace. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, Merle ban kind of makes sense. Um, but personally, I think Elf is still the better ban um, because I think Elf can easily be compared yeah. to Nightmare Goblin. Um, any generic Link 2 that provides targeting protection for anything that it points to is pretty good as we saw with goblin um indeed so, so that card still being legal is kind of scary to me <laughs> but yeah i don't think you, you know. can have both elf and sprint legal i i just i don't like it i don't like that at all uh, me either but that's the world i live in <laughs> it's josh so, schmidt's world and we're living in it literally um, and then, so th those are the bands, you know, Merle, Merle is kind of the interesting one because you still have the other names at two. Um, so now you only get two fusions a turn instead of three and there's no, uh, I don't think we have instant fusion anymore, um, in master duel. So really? Yeah. I think they banned it. Um, with it, honestly. Yeah. So you're kind of it's starting to look like slim pickings and like you only have one king of the swamp so it's hard to get to polymerization to kind of cheat out another fusion so tier is getting worse and worse by the minute um yeah. and dragon link is picking up in popularity very quickly because of the world championships um and that deck has a very easy time into tournament so yeah uh it the tier isn't looking great coming at the new metas um then the limits are also kind of interesting. Uh, Branded Fusion going to one is kind of funny to me because I never play against it in Master Duel, so I don't know where all these Branded players are coming from. Um, I don't know, but I know where they're going. Yeah, I mean, true. This deck just won't stop getting support. Um, so grass. Says yeah. the Swissle player. 
Uh, I, I hate branded. <laughs> um, I do too. I, I hate branded. It's been around for too long and it needs to die, says the Sword Soul player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would rather uh, normal some emoji. I mean, I mean a Luber is just the new Alistair, which is just like True. annoying. Um, you know, and then grass going to one is pretty interesting just from a math perspective, because in a 60 card deck grass at two is the same as limiting it in the first place. So right. we can almost look at grass as like being at half of a card. Cause like the percentage chance to draw it's now lower than normal. Um, so that's right. interesting, but you know, grass is very toxic. So, um, I'm, I'm happy with that. It is weird that it's at one, but I think that it presents an interesting deck building decision. So it, it is, I think, um, it's a little bit less interesting now though, with it at one, cause it's even less likely that you're going to make that choice. Um, I, I think at two, it was like kind of interesting cause it's like, the odds that you draw it is the same as drawing a one of, but right. it's still like, it doesn't feel that bad because you're playing two of it. Um, right. So maybe I'll start queuing into more left arm offering nonsense. Um, so cool. uh, there's that. Kelbeck is now at one. So we now Makes only have one shuffle or one Miller and then two shufflers total. Um, yeah. Sprite jet and swap frog are also going to one, which is, um you know interesting uh just more hits to sprite which i don't think were super necessary um blasters coming to two which i mean as resident dragon link player uh i don't think the dragon rulers do much of anything so i think that's fine extrav is going to two this one's kind of interesting all of the pots in master duel except for desires i believe are hit in some way like almost all of them so the exact hit. opposite of tcg yes um so in huh. best of one um the the pot cards are i probably a bit stronger same with all the floodgates all the floodgates are on the ban list for the most part because though those type of strategies just super overperform in best of one because there's no siding, so you can't put in back row hate against them, um, unless you're just pre-siding back row hate for the off chance you right. get into a back row deck. Um, so it, it makes sense, um, you know, and that that's maybe one of those hits that people who don't play Master Duel as much might look at kind of weird. Uh, Luster Pendulum, Draco Slayer coming to two. Uh, it was at one before because uh, it was based off the OCG ban list, and it was at one over there for a long time. Uh, but we did just get the Draco Slayer cards like a week ago, so that makes perfect sense it, to me. Yeah, it makes sense as like a push to the Draco Slayer strat. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then cards that are coming back are like Nadir Servant, Ancient Fairy, and Girsu, um, which none of our super meta relevant, so not yeah. not too bad. So overall, what do you rank this list? Because I, you know, me seeing. Bish Balkin, Rongo, Murley, Block Dragon, all banned. And a Gito too, I guess. But, like, I don't know, man. I see some absolute felons on this ban list. Some criminals. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely S-plus tier in terms of ban lists. Um, yeah. Just getting rid of cards that are really, really toxic. You know, keeping the game pretty fair. There's some decent tournament hits um which i think are merited because we still have tier support coming so we're still getting cash tier in the future um you know so i i think it's merited 
um branded fusion to one is just funny to me but you know uh, sure uh grass to one is fine because losing to grass never feels fun uh more sprite hits i don't think they deserved it but you know i'll take it you know lower the power well, level of the game some more i uh am having a good time but we are nearing our time limit so i'm gonna go ahead and thank all of our wonderful wonderful patrons for their continued support uh and <laughs> i'm excited to get some reactions on these because our patron names are like like semo tier patron names we have the best patrons okay mm -hmm. so a huge thank a huge thank you to bring red reboot back to three <laughs> that's how we start <laughs> kane martin Zyphorus, big stinky blue eyes best copium branded in chanel number five that's i like that one i always enjoy that one uh broken boy 13 ding dongs hostess of the yang zing no no nothing nothing on that one okay uh, gold uh, secrets coming back when konami hgh cyber i used to play rogue but then my mom got a job <laughs> <laughs> all right that one's wild that one's wild <laughs> Yeah, that, that that one's been that way for a long time because every single time when someone comes on, it it gets that reaction. Oh, that one's fantastic. Is Canada Nickelback? John Leal, level four Fire Warrior Gaming, Mountain Man, Nibiru, Cool, Chain Misk, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Only Two Thrusts, Sorry, It's All I Had. Is that like a reference to something? That feels nope, like a, that feels funny. like an MBT thing. It's not a reference to anything, as far as I'm aware. It's just funny. <laughs> What's funny is the very first time I read that name, I was like, "Oh yeah, they only had two copies of Triple Tactics Thrust." Wait a minute. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Oh my god, my, <laughs> I'm too innocent for this world. Yeah. Owen Alvarado, Pistol Place Pendulums, Silver Hope. Understanding and reading are two different things. Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. I might be too Virtu stupid to understand. Fair. Uh, virtually Savior's World. As anyone read Toy Vendor, it's kind of like reading Miscars. There's there's lore behind that that name. That name was different. Okay. And it's been changed. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, our, my other coast, Giant Skywalk, uh, I was telling you how, like, in Yu-Gi-Oh, there's these two-hour tutorials for these pet decks. He has mm -hmm. several out for Fluffle. Uh, oh, and my. so, he, yeah. So, when... It used to be, has anyone read Toy Vendor? But they had Vendor spelled wrong for like six months. And he always <laughs> kept saying things about it. Uh, so then they just they f they just made the name unreadable, basically. Uh, Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami. Uh, Ashless Chaps. I'd see you simp of the Silver Castle. Blackwing Silver and the Ascendant is the best floodgate. Box Wine, come on and get your game on. Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior. I'm about to wreak a glamour tribute for cost these plant nuts in your mouth. Cam, the anti-magical hats guy. Neshi, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, and Slaken it up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. Uh, Trish, you want to get some last-minute plugs in for all of the uh, for all of the listeners at home? Well, uh, I don't really know if I have any plugs for myself, but to return the favor, I think for all of your viewers, all of your listeners to the podcast, uh, definitely drop a, 
Uh, just uh, even even like the five dollar tier and the patron, anything helps. You know, they're putting on. Oh, good whoa, show. whoa, this guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, remember to follow, subscribe, etc., uh, yeah. etc. Et um, but yeah, the five dollar you know, just... up tier gets an extra episode every week. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. There's your incentive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just th thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, chat. We appreciate you also being here. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.